This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Like, okay, so I'm on the air as they trade for Darren Ruff. And I know what the reaction is going to be. First of all, Craig's going to have no idea who he is. And that's fine. (laughs) I I understand that. And there's going to be an underwhelming feeling towards it. But I think it became obvious over the last few days that that's what they were going to get. That's why I told you about Wilmer Flores the other day. And other Met fans were talking about him because they clearly wanted to add to this deep, kind of bench slash platoon aspect of this team. Look, you saw the lineup in this game against Washington. Obviously, it didn't work out against uh, the immortal uh, Corey Abbott, but Luis Guillermo plays third pace. Tyler Naquin's in left field. Jeff McNeil's at second. They stacked up on lefties against the team that had no lefties out of the bullpen. They are trying to employ a four- or five-man bench that's deep. And let's be honest, they've sort of accomplished that. They, they have a deep bench. Now, how Buck uses that is going to be the key. It's going to be the, the part of first guesses and second guesses that we see. So I think they clearly needed to add a right-handed bat. Now, when I saw the trade go down for Ruff and I saw J.D. Davis, I figured that was it. I figured the Giants were saying, hey, we got a little bit younger. Darren Ruff's 36. We're not going anywhere. We'll take J.D. Davis. I did not expect there to be three more pieces in the trade. I'll be the first to admit it. Now, are any of them prospects? Not really. Thomas Zapucky sucks. We remember him from earlier this season when he got the call up, and he's a bit, no one wants to see Thomas Zapucky pitch for the New York Mets. The other and prospects. the Giants know him because the Giants beat the crap out of him. That's what was the that? They, that's the, team, the Giants were the team that beat the crap that, out of him. That's true. So I'm surprised they even wanted him. I agree. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's a good point. I was trying to remember what's the team that beat the crap out of him. You're right. It was the Giants. The Giants. And the two other guys they gave up are not prospects. With that said, it is still surprising that Darren Ruff was a four-for-one trade. Like, I, I admit that. And I think most of us admit that the return that they had to give up for Darren Ruff, who is an upgrade over J.D. Davis, seemed a little bit too high. But... Can- J.D. wasn't traded. Contreras wasn't traded. All right. And I, I don't want to be this cruel yet because I still want to give Epler some time. But it kind of got the taste of like a R.A. Dickey for Noah Syndergaard and Travis Darno. Like, they fought tooth and nail against Travis Darno, and it's like, oh, we'll throw Noah Syndergaard too. So we'll, we'll make that happen. <laughs> well, It's like, okay, cool. And it, listen, I know Darren Ruff is, old, is older, and I know J.D. Davis sucked. And Zipelke sucked, but you just never know sometimes with these guys. That's that's my issue. Uh, too, much, too much for Darren. I, I think the odds are none of the pieces they sent to San Francisco for Darren Ruff are going to bite us in the ass. But hey, keep the audio. Maybe maybe I'm dead <laughs> wrong about it. So so look, I, I, this aspect of the trade deadline, I'm sure there are going to be plenty of Med fans who disagree with me on. I'm not that angry about. 
I'm not. It wasn't the sexiest moves in the world, but I think that they've clearly upgraded themselves over the last week and a half. I don't think there's any question that Naquin, Vogelbach, and Ruff are upgrades over the three guys they had. The one thing that's not ideal that I had mentioned before, but I've kind of gotten off it because I didn't think it was going to happen, is is there anybody in this lineup that really protects Pete Alonso? Especially if Pete continues to have the season he's having. You know, Daniel Vogelbach is not a guy that's going to get Pete Alonso a lot of fat fastballs. He's just not. So it does feel like while it's a feisty lineup, and overall it's a good lineup. Look, the Mets have scored the second most runs in the National League coming into action on Tuesday night. Those are the facts. The only the L.A. Dodgers score more runs per game than the New York Mets. Now, those numbers may change. The Atlanta Braves may pass them. The San Diego Padres with a loaded lineup. Who knows? Maybe they pass them at some point. But that's what they've produced. And they've produced the second most runs in the National League with nothing from catcher, with nothing from third base, and nothing from DH. Now, I don't think that's going to change a catcher. I hope it changes at third base with Escobar and Guillerme essentially platooning. And I certainly think it's going to improve at DH with the acquisitions that they made. Uh, J.D. Martinez wasn't going to be traded. Look, the Red Sox had a weird trade deadline. You know, in one breath, they're trading Christian Vasquez. In the next breath, they're adding Tommy Pham and Eric Hosmer. So I think what the Red Sox did may not have been what we exactly thought. By the way, if the Mets made the exact same trade for Darren Ruff, except it was Wilmer Flores instead of Darren Ruff, same package, how would you have reacted to it? I still would have thought that they gave up too much. Okay. I like Wilma. Listen, it, you, the pieces that we're bringing in weren't like these game changers. Like, it's like a, let's bend over backwards to bring in Wilma Flores or Darren Ruff or Volkelbach. That's why people with the Holderman nonsense, I, I thought that was very fair. One for one call it a day. All right. You know, well, when you're giving. The, the problem with the Holderman nonsense. Well, it leads to another issue. The problem with the Holderman nonsense, and this is going to be the line that Billy Epler is going to have to deal with. He's going to have to deal with it from me when he joins us on Thursday and Carton Roberts was that freaking comment he made when they made the Holderman trade in which he said there's a robust relief pitching market. He made an arrogant may not be the right word, but he made a comment that implied, hey, don't worry. Don't worry, guys. Yeah, I know you like Colin Holderman. I know that you think he's a competent reliever. But this is a robust relief pitching market, which means I'm going to come back with three guys. And I remember that was my thought because I didn't. I like the addition of Ogilbach. We talked about this. I didn't love giving up a guy off my major league roster who can help me out of my bullpen and Colin Holderman. So Billy Epler told us, don't worry. It's okay. Robust relief market. <laughs> then how the hell do you walk away with one reliever? And I'm not going to sit here dragging Michael Givens. He's had a good year. Buck's familiar with him from his days in Baltimore. It's fine. It, it is what it is. But robust means you're getting a bunch of guys, including a lefty out of this bullpen, when the only freaking lefty you have is Joely Rodriguez, and he shouldn't even be on the roster anymore. That's the problem. Uh, that is the problem, and that's why... Maybe they're they're not doing it. I I, I know that because Peterson's going to start uh, with the, versus the Braves, but I mean maybe they're trying to work him in and like make him regress and and bring him into the bullpen a little bit in AAA. But seriously, like this is this is a major major flaw because in the playoffs there's going to be a time where Jolie Rodriguez is going to have to come in and get important outs versus left-handed batters, and it's not going to happen. No, he's not. You know why? 
because he's not any good. And I think that the Mets are going to be in this not ideal position, but a position in which they're going to trust Michael Givens, who this year has had even splits against lefties and righties, and Adam Adovino, who's clearly better against righties than lefties, and Trevor May, and we'll see what the hell he does. He's being activated from the IL. You cannot force feed a lefty to face a lefty when the lefty sucks. I'm serious. So that's the disappointment. And again, it's very difficult, like I said about Wilson Contreras and J.D. Martinez. It's difficult when a guy wasn't traded. Because when a guy wasn't traded, we aren't looking at what was given up for them. But you go to Andrew Chafin and you say, why? The Tigers are going nowhere. The Mets clearly liked him. They tried to sign him as a free agent. What were the Tigers asking for for Andrew Chafin? What was Texas asking for for Matt Moore? Like, what was the price tag on some of these lefties that made Billy Epler say, I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Matt Moore, we talked about it. Was that making the minimum? He's making no money. There's really no like help being held hostage here. It should be nothing. If if you're gonna get, uh, this is what I'm keeping going back to. It's like it's simple. If you're willing to give up JD Davis plus three prospects for Darren Ruff, what could have possibly gone on that they couldn't grab a bullpen arm, a Chafin, a Matt Moore? Like, would, it, would they ask for two prospects? Minimal, low-end pro- I mean, what what could they have asked for? But we don't know because they weren't traded. You know, ultimately, whatever they were asking for wasn't that low because nobody traded for those guys. Like, that's the weird thing. When you look at the lefty reliever, that would have been a great addition to this team. And Chafin, to me, was the guy that jumped out at me. I never thought, Gregory Soto, I never thought they were going to deal. He's still young enough. He's their closer. that, That may not have been realistic. But what the hell? Like, why did they keep him? It just doesn't make sense to me. Well, this was a very confusing trade deadline, too, just in general. Because, first of all, the White Sox did absolutely nada. The Guardians did nada. Those teams are still in contention. Damn right they are. Really? Yeah. Right, but they, they did nothing. And then I, I saw the uh, the uh, GM sit down and speak. He's like, yeah, we're really frustrated. Like, uh, this is bad timing. But, you know, I don't like to talk during these times. But, you know, I have no sleep. I'm frustrated. This wasn't ideal. We we but but you know, bringing back the guys once we're all healthy, this should be a step in the right direction. I'm like, wow. 
It sounds like a cop out. It's that's like, that's what that's what every team tells themselves. That's what the Mets are going to tell us. The Mets are going to say Trevor May's coming back, Tyler McGill coming out of the bullpen. Maybe at some point David Peterson out of the bullpen will be okay. And look, I'm not going to tell you that Trevor May can't be good. Relief pitchers are so up and down, and we've seen some good from Trevor May. I just can't rely on it, and that's the difference. The difference is. You can't go into August and September with these huge games against Atlanta as the league gets cut to three in the loss column and rely on someone who hasn't pitched this year, essentially, or rely on a guy in McGill who hasn't pitched out of the bullpen. I don't know where he is in his rehab. Or rely on David Peterson, who was given that hard audition last week against the Yankees and failed. This was a time to add reliability. Michael Gibbons is a good pickup. I think we do need to take a step back And look, I believe relievers are volatile year to year. There have been years in which Michael Givens is not very good. There have been years where Michael Givens has been very good. If you look at his numbers this year in Chicago against lefties, against righties, he's had a good year. Does that mean he's going to be Addison Reed 2015 or Guillermo Moda 2006 or Billy Taylor 1999? I don't know. But he is a living, breathing reliever who's better than a lot of guys on this roster. It's a fine move. I have no issue with it. The big issue is how David Robertson ended up in Philadelphia for a guy who I know is having a good year this year in the minors, but is the 25th ranked prospect for the Philadelphia Phillies. That's the one that Billy's got to explain. We saw what David Robertson cost. We know what the price tag was. And the answer was not a lot. So, I think that's the one that's going to stick with me and a lot of other Met fans because, A, he was the primary target. He has proven he could pitch in New York. He's great against lefties. So you acquire David Robertson, you can almost answer. You could argue you solved the lefty issue. You could. Look at his numbers against lefties. Who cares if he doesn't throw left-handed? Fine. And you let him go to a division rival for a middling prospect? That's the most frustrating thing about this deadline, in my opinion. Uh, and you think about this, how the Yankees, and I understand it's a different position, whatever, but the Yankees got technically more back for Joey Gallo in a 15th overall prospect from the Dodgers, that guy beat her. Yeah. You're talking about a 26th uh, level prospect. It's nothing. It's nada. So, and you're, you know the Cubs and the Mets were in negotiation the whole time because they ended up getting givens. So, so the, something fell flat, and here's the problem. And, and, and this is where you go back to other teams, and we're going to talk about some more divisional stuff with the Braves, what they did. Epler, I, I, after this deadline, I don't know if I can trust him because it seems like other people are playing chess, he's playing checkers. Well, I, I don't know, man. I mean, first of all, let's see what these moves turn out to be. You know, I think when the Atlanta Braves made their trade deadline deals last year, we looked at it and said, oh, they're being aggressive, that's cute. It turned out to be home runs, turned out to be grand slams. We don't know. You know, if we're sitting here three months from now and Daniel Vogelbach is the NLCS MVP, I think the view of Billy Epler may be very different. You know, where Michael Givens doesn't allow a run, you know, through October. So I think a lot of times you just got to see what these moves turn into. But yeah, I think this was a trade deadline that for me, and I don't think I'm as negative as other Met fans about it, the way I would define it was it was a little bit disappointing. A little bit disappointing. I... I think they got better in a lot of areas. Like, the Mets are a better team today than they were yesterday. You may not want to hear it. You may still want to bitch and moan about it. But those are facts. 
They added Michael Givens. They added a competent reliever to this bullpen. That's a fact. They added a better left-handed bat than Dom Smith, a better bat than Jankowski, a better bat than J.D. Davis. Those are just all facts. The Mets are a better team today than they were a week and a half ago, but it wasn't enough. And that's the frustrating part, that the bar was a little bit higher for this trade deadline, especially in terms of the bullpen, and they didn't deliver. Now, can the New York Mets win the World Series? Yes. I hate those kinds. Oh, this team can't win the World Series. That team can't win the World Series. First of all, I don't know if people have been paying attention. If you make the freaking playoffs, you have a chance to win the World Series. That's the way baseball works these days. If you can get in and you can get hot for a few weeks, you can win the World Series. That's just the way it is. The Atlanta Braves sort of proved that last year after having what was, for the most part, a disappointing regular season. So I hate that phrasing that people, this team can't win the World Series. You freaking kidding me? If you're in the Divisional Series, you can win the World Series. I know we got a new round this year, but (laughs) if you're in the best of five, you can win the freaking World Series. And so the Mets are on a 100-win pace. They just added Jacob DeGrom. Yes, they can win the World Series, but... That doesn't mean this wasn't a disappointing trade deadline. Like, those two things can be true. You can say, I was disappointed with this trade deadline, but hey, yes, the Mets can win the World Series. Of course they can. And maybe Trevor May is going to dominate. I didn't want to rely on Trevor May dominating. That was the problem. Uh, And and just for people's FYI, because I I decided to do the research myself because I was so pissed with with what I felt was a lackluster uh, trade deadline for the Mets. And I saw what the Braves did last year. I'm right. like, oh, my God. Like, they made a lot of moves to, to, to help them win the World Series. I went back. I skipped 2020 because I didn't really care. It doesn't count. I went to 2019, and I looked at the Nationals, and I stopped my search right there because they basically did nothing at the deadline. They did really nothing to add to bolster the team. Unless I'm missing something, there was really nothing they did. So it's like you can't just sit there and rely on this. This is the be-all. No, no, no. Look, you want to get better, especially nowadays. This is your last chance to get better. There's no, hey, maybe we'll get somebody through waivers. It used to be a different era a few years ago with that second trade deadline. It's not the end-all, be-all, but in this moment, this was your last chance, other than calling up minor leaguers, which we'll get to in a second, that where you could infuse talent. 